Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is episode 129 on August 17, 2022. My name is Sarah, the cat again is named Momo, and this is our guest, Tyler. Oh, <laughs> guest now. For crying out loud, Molly. Oh my gosh, Molly. Destroying See, the set. That's why you can't have the cat here. <laughs> What's up, Ty? Our listeners may be curious to know that in the future, if they hear any barking in the background, oh. it could be because we're getting a wolf wolf. <laughs> uh, very cute wolf wolf. Yeah. We're adopting a wolf wolf, so exciting times ahead. Molly's voicing her displeasure. Yes, she yeah. is. She is already angry and she doesn't even know about it. She won't be the cutest pet anymore. Well, at least you admit she's cutest now. Well, Good job, got, Momo. We got Large Gatsby and we got... Fluffmaster Lou. And Lucy throws up everywhere, yeah. She does not, does she? Well, like hairballs. Mm, yeah, she does. She's long hair. Or she... I I thought there was throw up on the carpet this morning. No, it's just Lucy's just, hair. Just her hair, yeah. Just hair yeah. clumps. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we are here to talk about... Well, what have we been up to in the last week? You've been playing something new? Two Point Campus to fuel my addiction to Two Point Games. It's just like Two Point Hospital, but I'm on a campus, so it's great. The, some of the systems are a little different, but it's it, the structure is still the same. Most time that you're managing a like a university or a yes. college instead of a hospital. That's yeah, and each college, like the first one was science focused, the second one was cooking focused, so I had to have like cooking shows, mm. um, and I have to run like special events and do quests for people. So it's a little different that way. It keeps you more engaged during the mundane parts uh, that would have been Two Point Hospital. Uh, so yeah, I am really enjoying that. Uh, and I don't think I've been doing much else. I ran into um, a block, a roadblock on Kenny vs. Benny watching. How's that? It turns out that they only had uh, the first season and you cannot buy or watch the other seasons anywhere. So the first thing I do when I move is I bring out that USB CD doohickey I can plug into the, the computer and rip those because that is sad. The best episodes are not in season one. So yeah, I, I, I don't have it looked on YouTube yet. That's my next plan is to look on YouTube to see if I can find them. Right. But uh, yeah, that's been, uh, that's been me. How about you? Um, well, you know, the usual Apex MLB rotation. You know, a little bit of Fortnite thrown in now. Now they're Dragon Ball Z at 5.30. Uh, I don't think I've watched anything new recently, though. Um, there are a couple of new... I'll admit, like, in terms of the, you know, all the streaming services that are out there nowadays, I mean, my usual rotation is, like, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Those are the main three I use, if I'm not doing, like, trials for Crave or Paramount or something else. Yes. But, um, yeah, like, you know, Netflix gets good movies from time to time, like original movies, like, you know, The Gray Man and stuff like that. Um, Amazon Prime gets some other, they get, they get new stuff, yeah, too. The boys, that's yeah, the boys. But well, they're yeah. more they're more TV season episode. I think focus. they're more, yeah, they do get movies from time to time, yep. like the one I talked about last week. But um, but Disney Plus lately has been really impressing me. I think a lot of it has to do with that, at least in Canada, Disney Plus, they have that collaboration with um, Star. Yes. And they get a lot of good, uh, they get, like, the series from FX. Mm. That, like, so, for example... Two series they've put on there recently that I want to watch. And I think they've released these seasons in full. Like, it's not like we're doing the weekly roll thing like they did for Under the Banner of Heaven initially. Right. I think these are just full seasons of these two new shows, which are pretty both critically acclaimed, and I want to watch both of them anyways at some point. So one's called The Bear, and that's about a uh, about like a young chef who 
he, he was working in like a it's all I know about the synopsis of the show. He was working in like upscale New York restaurant, like, you know, fancy, like Gordon Ramsay yep, type stuff. Of course. And then for whatever reason, again, I don't know the whole story, but for some reason he stopped doing that. And then he went, he moved back home to take care of his, I think his brother died. And he, he moves back home to take care of his brother's like little sandwich shop. Okay. Where, you know, it's just like a normal kitchen where you have people making sandwiches and chickens and yep. like, you know, just easy meat foods for meat sandwiches for people. So yeah. I heard the show is just really good. Like it's really good from a character perspective, like dealing with the brother's death and the, and the, the main protagonist, I don't know his actual character's name, but him dealing with his own issues throughout the show. And I think it's a short run too. I think it's only like eight, 10 episodes. Okay. So I heard really good things about it and it, it is renewed for a season two. I know that already. So, right. and the other one that I think just went up actually maybe today or yesterday, uh, is called the old man. These are such generic names. I know, right? <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't know if the bear is based on anything. I know the old man, I think, is based on a book. Okay. So this is actually an adaptation. But mildly forgiven. This is one that I, I've talked about this with my mom before. She wanted to watch it, too. Mm. It's, it's the, it stars Jeff Bridges. He plays an old assassin, like a retired assassin, obviously, who kind of gets dragged back in by his Oh, it's past. John Wick. Exactly, yeah. It's like an old John Wick, <laughs> but with Jeff Bridges. But I've heard it's really good. And like okay. so that's, on F, that's on Disney+. Plus. I'm now. surprised you don't know the whole synopsis. No, I, I asked you about Better Call Saul ending, and you already know how that ends. You haven't watched barely any of it. It's to avoid that. Everybody talks I about have it. avoided it. Okay. Everybody just said, I'm so emotional. And that's what I heard. And I left it at that. I did not go searching for anything. So. It sounds like Better Call Saul did a really good job wrapping up the series. From yes, me. that's what I heard. And I want to watch it. And I, so I found nothing. Okay. But you know the ending. Yeah. So you better not spoil it for me. Okay. Spoilers ahead. Not yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I haven't really watched any new... Oh, although one more big piece of news I told you about yesterday. Guess what I'll be doing. Oh, next Tuesday? If I had if I had any more days to take I off from work, say, yeah. if I didn't use up all my vacation or sick days already, I would take next Tuesday, August the 23rd off. Because that Why day, would you want that day off, Tyler? Because they are releasing Top Gun Maverick on digital for download and for rent or purchase. Mm. Um, that's that's assuming you're watching it, and I don't pack away all your stuff first this week. What are you gonna pack away? Oh well, as long as I have a as sound as, bar. Oh, oh. Why do you pack away the sound bar? <laughs> Just to bug you. <laughs> I will go buy a new sound bar. <laughs> Just to watch the dang movie, um, but yeah, no. So it's now people are a little annoyed that the physical 4K version is not mm. coming out till November. Yep, it's a bit of a wait, obviously. But yeah, for those who can't wait, like me, <laughs> I think they're. I think Paramount knows that people will double dip on this, so I will definitely purchase the digital next week for whatever it is, probably like 30, 35 bucks or something like that. Where is it available digitally? Like, can you buy it on like the Apple store or the Google Play store? I like, imagine like anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I I've never like bought a digital movies, so mm. I don't know. Well, even stuff like, okay, I mentioned earlier I haven't watched anything new recently. I did rewatch on the weekend. I, I rented Man on Fire. Oh, yes. From the Centerplex you store. Rented. Uh, it was I know we had to have the DVD version. It was, it was 5 bucks to rent it or 15 to buy it. And I was like, do I want to buy the digital for 15 I mean, I'd obviously would, I would re, I would rewatch it more than once, obviously. But I'm just like, I don't know. I'll probably just buy the physical Blu-ray 4K one day. But how often do you go and put a physical movie in? No, that's a good point. I mean, I do feel like I would definitely be more likely to watch a digital version. It's the same as... Although I've heard... I Again, I don't know how much this affects older films, but I have heard, like, like for people who are, like, audio purists, mm. they, say the, they say the physical 4K telecom will sound a lot better than the digital version. Is it compressed more? I, I would imagine so. Like, I don't know enough of the technical yes, aspect of it, but... Yes, because it's the same as making Switch games. Right. Switch games are so small because they compress the mm -hmm. audio so much. Yeah. Uh, where a Blu-ray 4K disc can hold a lot more memory than you want to download yeah. for a movie. Right. So for sure it will sound better. Yeah, exactly. So 
Yeah, for a movie like Man of Fire, it's like almost 20 years old. Maybe the digital version wouldn't sound that much different, but mm. for something newer with like Dolby and all that stuff, I'm sure it would sound... Dolby Atmos. Dolby. Anyway, tonight's topic's kind of long, so maybe we'll just get into it. Unless you have anything else you want to add. I'm boring. Because you go to bed early. I'm sorry. Well, I I'm responsible. I'm a responsible adult because I don't stay up watching Rick and Morty. You're going to have another child. What are you going to do? You st- when do you watch Rick and Morty? I, just, I don't know. I, just use that <laughs> I, I watch Solar Opposites. How about that? All right. Well, that's just as bad. Well, it's the creator, so... That's why I said just as bad. Okay. You say the same, well, I'm going to have another baby soon? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You have to be more responsible. You, you already have four babies and you're not very responsible. Maybe five will change your mind. <laughs> well, first off, our human baby is in bed when I'm already doing all this stuff. So it's but like, your fur babies are not sleeping. It's the other cats. They're always sleeping. Well, they want to play. Look, the dog will watch shows with me and then I'll take uh, him out to the washroom and then we'll come back and we'll hang out. What, you the you're assuming time? the dog will like your shows? What if he doesn't like your shows? What if he wants to watch Gilmore Girls? No. <laughs> no? If, if, you, if you had like a little chihuahua with a tutu on, then yeah, maybe <gasps> that would want to watch Gilmore Girls. Excuse me, there is dogs, real life dogs, named Paul Anka in Gilmore Girls. Maybe he'd like to watch that. Do you know who Paul Anka is? A singer, I think. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tonight's topic is about movies. Yes. Shocker. But I am choosing a specific year to talk about. Now, this is not going to be, for those who have listened to us in the past, uh, this has been a while since I did this, but you probably know uh, a while ago I did a pretty comprehensive review of the year 2007, which yes. in my opinion was one of the best, def- definitely the best year like, in the last like 20 years, probably of my lifetime. I mean, it's hard for me to say. There's There are some years we go back to like the 70s and 80s. I'm not familiar with all those films. Some people have said those. there's some good years or decades in there but i think for me 07 was unrivaled in terms of the quality and the sheer number of f- amazing films but it took five episodes to get through so <clears> right good now i found another year that i i found very interesting from a polarizing perspective um oh. the year 2016 had a surprising number of films that i enjoyed now i know it's only six years ago now it's not like these films are old they're staying the test of time or anything but um i have a list here of films that i love and a lot of films that i believe also underperformed uh, mm. the box office based on what I, I feel like. I feel like they would be cult classics. You know, right. Movies that over time will be more appreciated. Of course. But at the same time, 2016, I also have a list here of a lot of blockbuster films that either flopped or were just critically po- very poorly received and, and may have killed or, or yeah, in some cases killed off these franchises entirely or altered their sequel potential what in the future. What happened in 2016? 2016 was a weird year. So... <laughs> Let's go this way. Should I start good or bad? You tell me. Mm, so, ooh, we'll start bad. We'll it's start more bad. fun to start with bad. Okay. okay. So, again, this is all subjective. If you enjoy any of these films, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Do I'm I just enjoy saying, them? Do you know if I enjoy them? I don't them? think you will. Oh, good. Well, maybe one. Um, uh, okay. <clears throat> but, so these films were all um, critically very poorly received. And by that, oh. I mean, like, under, definitely under 50% Rotten right. Tomatoes, maybe under 30 in some cases. Okay. Um, but strangely enough, these films all made money mostly because they are often popular IPs or sequels to popular films. So okay. they, they still generated a lot of interest. But yes. again, like I said, a lot of these films kill the potential of their franchises altogether. Okay. Unless they get rebooted in the future. So, mm. so I just I, I wrote these down um, like chronologically by release, so okay. it's not ranked in any way or anything. But so we'll start with um, uh, Batman v Superman. That was. The, Yes. So, and again, I, I have numbers here to compare. So I have the budget. Okay. And then the box office return. This is pre-Snyder Cut. Right. This is the exactly. OG. The OG. Okay. So original Batman v Superman uh, cost $300 million to make. Woof. Because of course it did. And it, <laughs> it, it, it made 873 
So again, obviously profitable. Wow. Made almost a billion dollars. Yes. But again, it was very critically, even among the fan base was very, until the Snyder Cut came out and then it was a little better received, but. And that's not a movie that people would go see twice. No, I don't so think so. So I think that's yeah. a lot of like, pe- one-time viewers, which I mean, is a again, lot. The, the, the trailer, as most Zack Snyder films do, the trailer was hype. People were really, like people, I mean, some people like Ben Affleck's version of Batman. And mm-hmm. people like Henry Cavill, so they thought, okay, well, this would be a cool matchup. But, but then you remembered Zack Snyder. But then you have Jesse Eisenberg, who, no offense, I think he's a fine actor, but he was not good for Lex Luthor in that film. Mm. Oh, that's <laughs> His the Facebook kid. Yeah, yeah, social network. Um, so anyway, yeah, I won't spend too much time on these films. Batman Wasn't Superman, the twist the bad part of that movie? Didn't that, like, just ruin everything? Well, they kind of shoehorned Wonder Woman into it, too. Oh, uh, I wasn't the, talking about the that. End, the end fight was terrible, but yes. anyways, it, the, move, the film had a lot of flaws. We won't go into them. Uh, next, we have X-Men Apocalypse. That's, oh, the one, I haven't watched that one. Yeah, that's the one where um, they introduced... Oh, who was it? it was, I can't remember the character's name. Oscar Isaac. He was playing like the Egyptian god. Okay. He was all covered in like purple paint or, or whatever crap they put on him. He basically looked like he looked like the guy from the Power Rangers movie when I was a kid. I, <laughs> Ivan Ooze, the purple guy. Oh, did you have to look that up or you remember that? I remember that. Oh, I my saw, gosh. I loved that movie when I was a kid, Power Rangers. You have such a bad memory, though. I know, so that's right? impressive. Uh, so, anyways, X-Men Apocalypse uh, cost 178 and made 543 So, again, profitable. Not as much as Batman v Superman, but... but that's the last X-Men movie that was made, right? No, no, there was another one after this. It was even worse. Oh, okay. But this was, the, this was the start of the decline for the X-Men uh, franchise. Okay. Yeah. Um, next we have the Warcraft movie. Oh, yeah, I saw that in theaters. Yeah. Um, I haven't personally seen this one, so I can't attest to it, but I know it was very critically mixed, and yeah. even among the fan base. So it was, it, it was, it cost $160 million and it made 439 And why was that? Why Where did most what? of the money come from? China? China. Yeah. Yeah. And these numbers are all international, but these yes. aren't North American numbers. These are international numbers. Yeah. Um, or I mean, worldwide numbers. Uh, but, uh... And next we have uh, Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, yeah. Ugh. As soon as I saw the trailer for this, I was like, nope, I'm out. Because you know what? They Yeah, they brought Jeff Goldblum back, but they, they couldn't get Will Smith to come back. You um, mean the they basically, they basically They basically killed him off in this movie, and his son played like the other protagonist. <gasps> oh, and you, oh, and you also had the other, what's the friggin' Hemsworth brother from The Hunger Games? Um, Liam Hemsworth was yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just... The other, other Hemsworth. I think I watched half of it out of curiosity on Netflix one day, and I was just like, nope, this is garbage, I'm done. Oh, like wow, it. Okay. So anyways, it... Cost one sixty five and it made three eighty nine. Well, that was definitely name alone. Yeah, um, another movie that I barely got through. I didn't. I didn't. For reference to, I don't think I saw. I think I might have seen Batman v Superman in theaters. I definitely didn't see the other ones in theaters. I feel you didn't. I didn't see Batman v Superman in theaters. I don't think you did. Maybe not. You could be right. Maybe I didn't. This one I definitely didn't see in theaters either. Um, the Legend of Tarzan. Is that the live action Tarzan? Yeah. I don't, didn't even know that it existed. <laughs> to be fair, I like the casting in the movie. Like, it has, you have Alexander Skarsgård as Tarzan, and he got ripped for this movie. Like, he's, he's the same guy who was in the, the North Tarzan's one recently. Tarzan's not ripped, though. Tarzan is, like, lean because he swings through well, the bloody I, jungle. No, no, that's what I mean. I don't, he, he didn't, I'm not saying he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm just saying he okay. was physically, like, he, yeah, he was, for a guy who was normally, you know, average looking, he got pretty, like, lean and ripped for this role. But, anyways. Who was the bad guy? Uh, Christoph Waltz. Oh, that would have been so good. He was good as the villain. You had Margot Robbie as Jane. She was oh. pretty good, too. And you even had Samuel L. Jackson brown, in the movie. brown yeah. hair. I haven't seen Margot Robbie with brown hair. Yeah, it was a bit off-putting a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but anyways, it was just a messy movie. And the problem was, too, it was, dire- it was ter- I think it was terribly directed. The CGI was bad. It was directed by the guy who did um, 
like the recent Fantastic Beasts movies. So. Oh, I haven't watched any Fantastic Beasts yeah. and any live-action Disney right. movies. But a better so, live George the Jung- is George the Jungle. Oh, Tarzan. yeah, George the Jungle's good. George yeah, the yeah. Jungle, yeah. if you want Tarzan, <laughs> that's where you go. All right, so Tarzan costs 180 and it made 356 Because Disney. Yeah. Done. Um, the next one, okay, this one I definitely did. The next, actually, the next four movies I think I saw in theaters, and they were all pretty disappointing. So the next one we have... Uh, and I don't want to bag on this movie too much. I know it has its. it's it, I'm not saying it's a terrible film, but obviously it was not what I expected or wanted. But the, the female Ghostbusters movie. Well, they didn't make a second. Right. So that says something. Yeah. There just wasn't many jokes that landed for me in this one. I didn't think the the action and the CGI and it was that was special. It was just overall like a meh. It was a very that, meh film. It was just, a time where you put Melissa McCarthy and everything, and people would go see it anyways. Yeah, though. No, I mean, yeah. And but it has anyways. your girlfriend in it. You love her. Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it cost 144 and it made 229. So, well, so good return. Maybe a little problem because again, you always have to remember these budgets don't factor in marketing or anything. That's so true. marketing always costs yeah. more. Uh, next one, um, Suicide Squad. Oh, gag! All the money went towards the stupid yeah. licensing costs. Uh, yeah, this is obviously we're talking about the Will Smith, Jared Leto one, not the new one that had uh, like uh, John Cena and Idris Elba and oh all of it. Uh, so yeah, Suicide Squad. From 2016, it cost 175 to make, and it made 746. <laughs> I pr- I uh, I well, gave money to that. Well, that because so. of Harley. <laughs> yes. People want to see Harley. Well, they still want to see Harley. Yeah. Uh, the next one. This one. You was mean re- Barbie? <laughs> yeah. This next one was really disappointing to me, and I'm actually kind of glad that this might have killed off the franchise because I don't think that another one of these would have been very good. But I was very disappointed by the Jack Reacher sequel. As much yeah. as much as I love Tom Cruise, I feel like this one was a real misfire. Probably one of his one of the only misfires in his career. Is uh, his fault? No, not his fault. He's still. It just. It was the. It was a different writer and director than the first one, and you can tell. Like the first one was written and directed by the guy who's done the last two Mission Impossible films. Mm. The first one's like for, on TV all the time. Yeah. Totally rewatchable. First one's great. Yeah. The second one though was really just bad. Really. And, and and I know it followed the plot of the book, but I also didn't like that book either because it kind of shoehorns in this like. It's kind of implied that Reacher has a daughter. Oh. So there's like there's like this teenage girl like kind who? of following him around all well. <laughs> Reacher sleeps with women. He's, he's a drifter. Oh, but he's Bond. Yeah, exactly. So the movie kind of the movie has this kind of annoying, in my opinion. I don't think the actress was great. This annoying teenage character following him around half the movie, and then oh, towards it's like the kid characters in RPGs. Yeah, and then towards the end, you realize that she's not actually his daughter. So it's all like it's like, <gasps> what's the point of all this then? It was all it's this, all a lie. It's all a paternity. Wow, freak out. never so, mind. And out. The action in it was not as good as the first one. So anyways, I'm, but it made I'm, money apparently. Well. Low, pretty low budget compared to most other films on this list. $65 million and it made one sixty two. Okay. So, but I don't think they're ever going to make another one. No, not at this point. Uh, next one. Um, and again, these movies have been diminishing returns ever since the, 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 I don't want to call it a franchise, but since it's always the same actor. Um, we're talking about the, uh, like the Dan Brown movies, like the Robert Langdon. So obviously, like Da Vinci Code was the first one, then you had Angels and Demons. Yep. And then this one, it was Inferno. You love Angels and Demons so yeah. much. So Inferno, Inferno was... Inferno was okay. Yeah, it was just okay. Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched... Lost Symbol has a movie too? No, they turned it into a TV show with different <gasps> actors, so... What, what? There's one other one too. I'm missing a book. I can't remember. But yeah, Inferno was just bad. Uh, and again, Tom Hanks does his best to try, but uh, the villain was bad. Is it Ron it, Howard still? It's still Ron Howard. Yeah. So Unfortunate. So se- 75 mil budget, and it made 220. Da Vinci Code is so good. <laughs> it's, just, it's a guilty it, pleasure as, as movie. As a trashy movie, yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> 
And finally, we're going to end off here with another um, <laughs> another movie that definitely probably killed any future for this franchise, uh, the Assassin's Creed film. Oh, that could have been so good. It could have been. And I like Michael Fassbender. I think he's a great actor. He wasn't great in this role. I think it was mostly the script that failed him. The action was terrible. It was just it was, it was just all it was boring. Anyways, long story short, it cost one twenty five and it made two forty. I wonder. So. Uh, what killed the Prince of Persia one also with Jake Gyllenhaal? Just it was just meh. Okay. You know, now that I think about it, I wonder if that's the same. No, never mind. I was gonna say is that the same jackass that directed Fantastic Beasts, but no, it was a different Harry Potter director. Oh. I think it was the one who directed Goblet of Fire. Oh, that, so, that was a one-off one, I think. Yeah, it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, we started with the bad, which is good. Let's move okay. on to the good stuff now. Now the good films on here, it's kind of criminal. Like, like <laughs> good, all, according all, to Tyler, all those all those bad movies. Again, I'm using bad of the air quotes yes. here. All those bad movies we just talked about are, were all Profitable. mostly profitable. Some largely profitable. Yes. Um, whereas these, most of these next films I want to talk about were criminally underappreciated and did not make a, a profit. Right. But I'm hoping over time, like I said, through you know whatever yeah. Blu-ray or digital sales, maybe they'll make up some more of that money for the studios. But anyways, so we're going again in chronological order here. I'm going to try not to spend too much time on some of these films, but there are a few I want to talk about in here that I really love. So mm-hmm. um, the first one we have is called, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Western. It's called Jane Got a Gun. I <laughs> um, uh, don't know this one. I don't believe it's based on a book or any other property. I, I can't remember if it's original screenplay or not, James but it's dir- it's directed by the same. I like the director. He's the same guy who did um, Warrior, the, uh, oh, the MMA the movie, oh. the MMA one with Tom yeah, Brady, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 he also did um, the Accountant, the Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. So I like, I like him as a director. And he yeah. did, and he did, yeah, this one. Um, it's not a modern western. I think it's supposed to take place in like the 1900s or something like that. Was so this just really poorly marketed? Because I've never heard of this. Yeah, yeah. I it might have had a small theatrical release. I don't okay. think it was wide. Anyway, so it it cost 25 million to make. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of low, but it only made 3.8. Oh no! Now, it has a good cast too. You got uh, Natalie Portman in the main role. That's money. You got you got Ewan McGregor hamming it up as the villain. Excuse me, he makes money now. Yeah, he was he was hamming. He was he was definitely a mustache twirling villain in this movie. Like he was hamming it was up. Wasn't he? In oh he was in Birds of Prey, handing yes. it up too. Yes, yeah, he's, he loves handing it up. But and he also had Joel Edgerton. He was also in the MMA movie. He was Tom Hardy's brother. The other oh MMA okay. Yeah, I like him in a lot of stuff too. Jeez. Um, yeah, great like great director, great actors behind it, and I thought the movie was very enjoyable. Like it was a well paced, great like final act. The final climax was very interesting, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought it was. I'd never heard anybody talking about this one. Never. And I, to be honest, I don't know if it's on streaming anywhere, but if you can find Indie it. Indie films are harder. Yeah. Uh, next one we have is called Triple Nine. It's a uh, it's a police like uh, crime movie. Again, really really stacked really that. stacked cast. This is directed by the guy who did The Proposition, a western that I love. Mm-hmm. He also did The Road mm. and another one I can't remember. But The Road movie was not as good as the, though. I thought you were disappointed. Well, the by book the road is movie. pretty. Like hard to adapt. Like I think they yeah. did a good job adapting it as okay. well as they could. But anyways, that was so, Charlize Theron. Well, she had a small role in okay. it. Yeah, but um, so Triple Nine. You got stack cast in this one again. You got like um, you got you got Kate Winslet, Casey Affleck, Anthony Mackie, um, Gal Gadot, oh, Woody Harrelson. Um, anyways, yeah, really, really good. Like gritty. Um, it follows like a, a group of police officers, and and so I think it, you know what it is. I remember now. There's a. Um, it, the movie is kind of split between following a group of bank robbers and a group of cops. It, it mm. intersects between, the, and of course, the two kind of clash. Intertwining towards the end, stories. Right? But, um, and that stuff can, can sound pretty cliche. It's been done before in movies and TV shows yeah. for years. But I thought, I don't know, the way this one was just filmed just felt very gritty, and every character had 
like their ups and downs like there's even the protagonists you're supposed to like you don't really like them because they're bad cops but um compared to the criminals i don't know i don't want to go into too much detail i just think this one has been on netflix before i'm not sure if it still is if you can find it i definitely recommend it it was um it only cost twenty million to make, which considering the cast was crazy, twenty million to make, and it, it made twenty five box office. Okay, so again, so. this one did get a wide release. So I don't know why it wasn't. Maybe because it came out like I think it might have come out like February or something. So maybe mm, not a bad great, month. Great time. Good depression month. Uh, next one might be one of my favorite films in the last decade that I think is super. And again, the title is a little generic. Maybe it doesn't help people seek it out, but uh, it's called Midnight Special. That's the one. Remember the one? I might have shown you or you've heard me watch this before. It's the one where the Guy has an eight-year-old son who is, like, from another planet or something. It's kind of, it's, it's, we're not going into much detail whether he's, like, an alien or not, but his son has powers, and he kind of, like, kidnaps, his son is part of a cult on a farm, and he kidnaps his son back from the cult, and he tries to escape with them, and the cult, then throughout the movie, the cult hires bounty hunters to chase them down. So it's directed by Jeff Nichols, who's a really great director. He hasn't done a lot of films. For some reason, he is, he's actually in a bit of a hiatus right now, but I think he has another film in the works, but his, his filmography for his first three or four films was amazing and this was his um second film i think he did and it's got so you got michael shannon you got joel edgerton i've already mentioned his mm-hmm. name tonight before you got um kirsten dunst you got uh adam driver sam mm. shepherd a lot of good actors in this one and it, it's it, it you know what it is it feels like a throwback to like 80s 90s steven spielberg sci-fi films it's a low budget film like definitely there's not a lot of cgi or effects mm. around in this film it's more of a, a drama it has an alien how is it or it has a Somebody from another the planet. kid just has like glowy eyes, and most oh, of the powers okay. are implied until he shows them later on. But mm. um, I don't know. It's just it's a really good like dr- sci-fi drama that has a couple of twists and yeah, a great soundtrack too. I never hear anybody talk about this one. It, it kills me. It's it's not streaming anywhere because I know because I looked this up recently. I wish it was. You can always rent it off the Centerplex store for like five bucks or whatever. But unfortunately, yeah, this one again budget of eighteen million and it made seven point six. And I saw this one in theaters. With like an empty theater, and I loved it. <laughs> um, Sounds like a lot of Tolly movies. Though. Another one I saw in theaters, and again, this a lot of these movies have like stacked casts, which amazed me that the budget was so low on some of these. But this next one, again, with a generic title, it's just called Criminal, and it and it and it's so it stars. It's got you got Kevin Costner, you got Gary Oldman, Tommy Lee Jones, Ryan Reynolds has a small role in the beginning of the film. Um, Gal Gadot, I'm missing another obvious one here, but this is one where like so Kevin Costner plays like a criminal hence the title, who um, he, he escapes during a tr- prison transport or something, and then it's revealed that the, uh, um, like, Ryan, this is a minor spoiler, but it happens, like, in the first five minutes of the film. Ryan Reynolds being in the film is, like, some kind of secret agent, like, CIA or, or NSA agent or something that gets uh, killed by, he gets tortured and killed by an assassin that he was following, and this movie is, this movie does a lot of, it does a lot of, you have to take some leaps, so this movie a little bit of sci-fi mm. jargon, but they basically are able to implant Ryan Reynolds' memories into Kevin Costner's head, and they use Kevin Costner throughout the film. Like he keeps getting these flashbacks and memories of Ryan Reynolds, and he so he, even though he's like portrayed as a bad guy in the film, Costner he, he ends up having like a heart of gold later on in the film, and he wants to actually protect Reynolds' family, like his wife oh. and son, or wife and son daughter, wife, wife and child, wife and child. I cannot remember <laughs> son or daughter honestly, but yeah, um, but you know, for a generic. The, the basic, once the plot gets going, it, there's not really any twist. It's very generic, and, and, and going forward, you know what to expect. But I thought it was a great, it was well-paced. Um, there's not a lot going on that needs to be over-explained, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, if you just want to, like, breeze through a two-hour movie and enjoy it, everybody does a great job acting, especially Costner. And like I said, this one was, um, I, again, I probably saw this in an empty theater because it came out, like, April, and I think anybody was 
watching a movie like this back then, but um, budget of thirty, budget of sorry, thirty one point five, and it made thirty eight. So uh, the next one is at least probably the name might be recognizable to some people. Although I'm surprised this one didn't turn more of a budget either. Um, this one, the next one's called The Nice Guys. I have heard of this one. That's the one with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Yeah. Where they play. Interesting pairing. Uh, they're both like, well, I can't remember now. Ryan Gosling's character is like a private detective who has like a teenage daughter. And Russell Crowe's character is more like a henchman for hire type thing. So they end up crossing paths. I mean, it's, it's written and directed by Shane Black who also did, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang mm. with Robert Downey Jr. and Val mm. Kilmer. So it's along that vein of the buddy comedy. They're trying to figure out a mystery together. And Gosling and Crow have great chemistry in the movie. Gosling's hilarious, and Crow, um, like, plays a good tough guy. And this was, this was thankfully, before he sort of gained some weight later on in his life. Now he plays roles where he's looking pretty big. Oh, I, mean, one, I haven't seen him for a while. So I was saying this one, Crow's looking, he's not looking like gladiator slim, but he's looking more like in shape than he does lately. So mm. this was a good, uh, but yeah, it's a hilarious film. Great, uh, you know, what little bit of action is in there is pretty well shot. Most Shane Black movies are. But again, surprise, surprise. I mean, this one was a budget of 50 million and only made 62. Considering all the marketing they did for this and the actors involved, I, just, I don't know. I don't know why people didn't it didn't resonate with audiences, but I guess so. I think this one's available on streaming. I'm not 100 sure, but I would think so. The next one is uh, again. I haven't really talked about many animated films. I guess 2016 wasn't a big year for animation. Actually, that's not true. I, I remember one thing I glossed over on the list because it made a ton of ton of money in 2016 was uh, Finding Dory. Of course, yeah, it made like a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that was a pro- that was a good year for Pixar. But next one, unfortunately, we have is a an animated film. That I think it's overlooked a lot. And I know you've seen this before, and it might still be on Netflix. I can't remember. We watched it on Netflix a couple years ago, I believe, but. Love this film, love the soundtrack, and the voice acting too is really impressive. Uh, it's called Kubo and the Two Strings. That is a very underappreciated movie. You got like you got Charlize Theron, you got Matthew McConaughey, you got uh, Rooney Mara. Who else is in, who's the villain in it? It's, um, oh, uh, Rafe Fiennes, like Voldemort mm-hmm. is a villain in it. Beautiful uh, movie. Oh, the animation. It's all the it's the uh, what do you call it? Like the stop motion yes. type animation. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I even remember like yeah, the in- the end credits has like, an amazing song, and mm-hmm. they, they, even do, they even do this cool thing through the credits where they show like how they built this animatronic, yes. and they show it like, yeah. like how many hours it would take to get the like they did everything practical. There's no like CGI. It was all yeah, yeah. so underappreciated. Yeah, it's a good, and I'm not gonna go too much into too much detail about the plot, but uh, yeah, Kubo and the Two Strings is one of the best, one of the best animated films I've probably seen in the last like ten years or so. Mm. And, uh, so again, Pixar is slacking. So yeah, so <laughs> it was it was made with a budget of sixty million, and it made. 77 so 77's not bad I feel like it's probably a hard film to market yeah it's not um, really for kids it's not Disney it's not Pixar and it's yeah I think it's not kid friendly plot like it's no. very heavy on story like if you showed it to a kid they would probably be bored except for the action scenes which were well done there is but, a few action yeah. scenes but not enough to keep a kid engaged yeah um next one on the list uh movie that I one of the few movies on this list that I'm very sad that I didn't see in theaters. Mm. I saw it on Netflix a couple of years after it came out. Um, and I know you've, you'll know which one. You'll, you'll recognize the title. I'll tell you in a second. But um, it's also it's based on a true story. It's something that happened uh, in the last decade or so, I believe. I don't remember the exact year, but it's uh, it's really well shot. And and the again, I hesitate to use the word action scenes, but let's just say the 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 drama, the explosions, and the other effects that happened in this film are real. I think it actually might have won. It was nominated for best sound design, I believe, at the Oscars. I can't remember if it won or not. But the movie is called Deepwater Horizon. Oh, we just watched this recently. Yeah, most of it, not all of it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, yeah, really 
It's powerful. It's about like the uh, the oil oil rig. Yes. Uh, in the I can't remember which ocean it was in, Pacific or Atlantic. But uh, anyways, um, it was a huge natural disaster. It cost like millions of dollars for the BP oil company to clean up and and uh, and there obviously there was there was there I think there was a couple of deaths and a bunch of injuries involved too. Because obviously there was well, work- think of all the animals. They also- well, there was workers on the rig too when it exploded. Oh, but- yes. So, anyways, yeah, great film though to watch. Great sound design, great acting. You got, you know, you got Mark Wahlberg, Kurt Russell, um, uh, who was it? John Malkovich, uh, what's that? Kate Hudson. I'm trying to think of some other actors. Anyways, um, but surprisingly, yeah, budget of. I mean, again, given the actors and the, because I think they actually did like film it on an actual oil rig, mm. so they they did a lot of shooting on like probably expensive filming on set. So it cost 156 to make, and it made 121. That's it, eh? Yeah. But again, I feel like, I don't know, marketing it is a little weird. Like, how many people want to go out in the summer to watch a movie about an oil rig explosion, even with the actors involved? It's... Yeah. I feel like word of mouth probably got it, the budget that got the box office people in. Yeah. I feel like after the first weekend, it probably fell off. Other stuff's probably coming out. I'm sure summer. it does fine on streaming, though. Like, yeah. I think, yeah. I think it eventually made up its money. All right, we got three more to get through here. Um, uh, the next one. Uh, now, this one... Did actually turn a profit, I think, based on the box office budget um, split here. But I also feel like it's very underrated. When I tell people the title, they're like, I think I've heard of it, but I don't remember mm-hmm. watching it. So this one, I've already referred to this one earlier. This is the Ben Affleck one called The Accountant. Yeah. I think it's a great film. Mm-hmm. Um, super underrated. It's not based on a book, is it? I don't believe so. Okay. It no. is a great movie, though. Yeah. And they, and they treat the material, like reading the synopsis, you could easily roll your eyes. Like Ben Affleck plays, he's an autistic assassin. But the autism part is handled very well, I think, from what I read in the behind the scenes. Like, he's not, it just means, he, he's obviously treated as a, he's a genius in the film. He's shown great with yes. numbers. He's an accountant. He's great with numbers. He's great at decide. But he's also, his his father, who's in the military in the story, trained him to be a killer at a young age, right? Mm-hmm. Trained him in self-defense and weapon handling and stuff. So as he grew up, he became an assassin, hired assassin. And, uh, but yeah, like I said, um. Directed by Gavin O'Connor, who also did Jane Caught a Gun the same year. He had a good year. Um, but yeah, it's a great film. Great uh, great action, great plot. A couple twists, especially towards the end, that yes. are really cool. Um, yeah. So it, it only cost 44 to make, and it made 155 Okay. I definitely, and I saw this one in theaters. It was great. I yeah. would watch this one again. Yeah, for sure. Can't remember if it's streaming anywhere. I would think, hope I so. I can't remember, yeah. Uh, the next one, um, again, this one definitely turned a profit, but I also feel like it's one that is underappreciated or not talked about enough. Uh, the sci-fi film oh. called Arrival. Yeah. Yeah. Directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve, who oh. also did... Amy Adams is in it. Yes, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner. Uh, yeah, directed by... He's the same director who did uh, Prisoners, Blade Runner 2049... Uh, Sicario, great director. Mm. This is a very different movie. It's a hard, it's a complex yes. film. Like, I remember seeing it in theaters, and I feel like most of the audience around me wasn't getting it. No, but you uh, came home and gushed about oh, it. Oh, I love the, uh, the soundtrack. I love the, the ending of the film is such a mind, yeah. like, blown just, yeah. And I haven't seen it, but I've heard you oh. talk enough about it that I'm like. This one I'm this pretty is sure is on streaming, but I can't, I can't remember if it's Netflix or Prime yeah. or where it is. Just but, use Just Watch. Yeah, exactly. Just Watch. <laughs> You'll find everything you need. <laughs> So Rival, and again, he's really good at keeping his budgets down. Like his for, because there's some impressive like effects going on in this film too. But uh, this only cost forty seven to make, and it made two hundred three. I think two hundred three is pretty good for a film like this. It's very yes. dense and hard to explain to people. Yeah. When did this come out? What, like, this was like November, I think, okay, of yeah. twenty sixteen. Yeah. Okay. And the last one I want to talk about, uh, which came out actually I think around Christmas time. I, I think I saw it in theaters after the holidays. Like maybe I saw it in like early mm. January of the next year or something. But I recently, I think I showed this to you. I don't know, a year or two ago, we watched it on streaming somewhere, but it's it's called The Founder. 
That's the one with Michael Keaton about the McDonald's. Oh, yeah, that was a good yeah. one. Really That's good. not a December movie. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like a feel-good movie. It, it starts off as a feel-good movie because you have Michael Keaton playing this like this traveling salesman. Yeah. And then he goes, he finds out about the, the, or the two brothers who run the original McDonald's yes. restaurant. And he sort of gets the idea to franchise from them. But then he, he, yeah, but then he sort of he, takes over... Yeah. He becomes more businessman than friendly salesman. Yeah, he and was down and out, and then yeah. he became. But yeah, really, yeah, know. really, really strong film. Really good, yeah. well acted. Um, oh, I forgot. Yeah, about Michael, that movie. Michael Keaton he kills it in the role, and, yeah. and the brothers were played too. The the one brother was played by like Ron from Parks and Rec. Oh, really? So Nick Offerman is the actor, and is that the meat guy? Who's the meat guy? Yeah, yeah, in Parks okay. and Rec. Yeah, yeah, Ron with the mustache. Yeah, he has a mustache in this movie, but. Mm. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, this one again. I mean, low budget, only twenty five million dollar budget. Yeah, and it, but it made twenty four. Yeah, there so. wasn't much in that movie that you would need no. a lot of money for. No, it was very plot heavy. So um, yeah, but, but no, seriously. So again, that's what was that one, two, three, four, five. Wait, all right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, I didn't even mean for it to be an even ten, but it turned, <laughs> turned out to be an even ten good films from twenty sixteen that I think are super underrated. Yes, and even and, I agree with most of your choices, yeah. and that's rare. <laughs> And then you also have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I swear I didn't mean I didn't I didn't I <laughs> intend to have it this way, but we so we did ten bad films and we did ten good films. So that's my perfect split of twenty sixteen. I like how you did that though, like the underappreciated and the maybe over yeah. over over earned. Like like let's be honest, the bad ones I talked about, do you wanna go back and really rewatch any of those? None of those. No, I wouldn't. None of those. Like even if they're on TV, it's like maybe I'd watch Batman v Superman. That one's got some entertaining moments. Yeah, if you have three hours of your life to waste. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of them were not redeemable. And again, most of them either killed off their franchises for good or, or guaranteed there will not be another sequel. In They're them. in slumber. I think they were talking about doing a Warcraft sequel. I think they shelved that. Yeah. Um, I would give anything to see some Blood Elves, though. Like I said, the, the, the Ghostbusters one flopped so bad they had to do a reboot recently yes. with like the, the kids. Yeah. Like a kids Ghostbusters, Pretty basically. Like that. It was good. Yeah. yeah. That, that is definitely a sequel. It, it held more of the feel of the originals. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, obviously they did another Suicide Squad film, but it was a much different feel compared to this one. They basically gutted everybody. Yeah, except for they brought back Harley <laughs> and um, and oh, and, and the and Rick Flag. Oh, and, oh yeah, and Amanda Waller. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, that was 2016. Very polarizing year, but there is good among the bad. Yes. And uh, like I said, most of these films are still f- recent enough that you can probably find them on some streaming services. Um, recent enough, they're all the same year. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying like. They're within the last like six years, yeah. so yeah. Like you get that weird period where most like most Netflix and Amazon, you don't get many movies from like, you know, let's say for example like two thousand five to like twenty ten. Like a yeah. lot of those movies are just aged out of the streaming services, or, yeah, they're, or they're, they're like, or they're buried. You can't find them easily. Like it's yeah, or they're like at that point where they're gonna lose their like the copyrights. Rights. Yeah, exactly. So do you have yeah. to renew them, or do you just give up? Right. So, um, on that note, let's get to the email suggestion, I guess, topic for the week. Let's say, um, we don't necessarily have to talk about 2016. Why don't you just, if anybody wants to send us an email, let us know about a particular film or even a particular year that you think was, was underappreciated. Like, if you, if you remember, um, what? Like, something when you, when you saw a movie in theaters years ago, and, and, you know, you're thinking, like, yeah, I never heard anyone talk about that movie anymore, you know? But I feel like it was... You're going to say Eastern Promises. Why would I say Eastern Promises? Because we were alone in that theater. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of figure it flopped. It, uh, it might have. I actually don't know, but, yeah. 
Anything David Cronenberg, though, is a hard sell. <laughs> I don't think his movies make a lot of money usually, <laughs> but they're very entertaining. Um, yeah, so anyways, what's the email link, sir? When opposites react at gmail.com. All right, so that will wrap up today's episode. Next week, you bet I'll be talking about Top Gun again. Oh, um, here we go. <laughs> and I encourage everyone to watch it next Tuesday if they can, even if you have to rent it uh, digitally instead of buying it. But I'm not saying I'm not here. Here's Tyler's credit card but... number. Everybody can rent it for themselves no, on no, him. I didn't say that. <laughs> Here's his password to his Cineplex account, so everybody can have it. That's true. If I do, yeah, if I buy, it, maybe I can share it. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no, he needs to sell as many as possible to support mm. it. Give two hundred more money. I think I think Cruz is eating well enough. Don't yeah. worry. He's not. He's not losing any it's meals. It's still in theaters. You can go to theaters yeah. and watch it, or you can watch it from home next week. I'm pretty sure whatever, whatever Cruz's salary he negotiated, he probably negotiated a return of the box office based have. on this movie. I'm sure whatever he money he made off of Top Gun Maverick, he's putting towards the next Mission Impossible film. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I said, like for the new film, I think he literally went out and bought a submarine. Yeah. Because he was the director. He said to the director, "Hey, we need a submarine." And, and think, then the director's like, yes. it's not even, the director's like, it's not even in the script. I was like, no, I'll just buy it anyway. We'll use it later. <laughs> that's, that's just... You don't say no. <laughs> Anyways, um, that'll wrap up tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. Maybe a few of those movies you might want to check out now. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We always appreciate your support. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email. And we'll be back at the same time next week. Bye. Bye.